Bam 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 Welcome back, everybody. It's Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help a custom make glass. <laughs> okay. Um, go ahead. Okay. Take it back. Was, Wait, we'll take fix it, it back. on post. Uh, could you, uh, can Welcome you Welcome back, talk? everybody. It's Go Help Yourself. It's a comedy self-help a custom make glass. I'm Alyssa Lincoln. That's my sister. And we're just going to take you on a journey of a self-help podcast. Does anyone so have nice. a breath aligns Like, oh, so I just say how much I like love you guys like you guys are like my friends and all you long time only listeners are like the best um Lisa give me the bottle of tequila (laughs) oh never mind it's empty Welcome back, everybody. To it go help yourself is. a drunk comedy self-help. <laughs> drunk history of self-help. Cocktail to make life suck less as a numbing technique. Yes. Yeah. Just kidding. I slurred and then I went with it. She yes-anded herself. Thank and you. And we were all here for it. And by the way, great drunk work. What are you talking about? It's it's so helpful. Like, yeah. Lisa, I just want to No, know, it's like, I'm just really first. happy to be here. Like, I just, we should have fun. You know what I'm saying? Let's just have fun. I just love you guys. I just love you guys. Okay. Um, this is a weekly podcast where we read and review a popular self-help uh, book. Yeah, we do. And uh, we bring you all of the highs, the lows, the insights, the outsides. Yeah, we the, do. <laughs> and um, we do this to you in an hour or so. We do this to you. We do. We do this to you. You are. At you and because of you. <laughs> Not for you, but to you. That's right. Um, so that you may get the life-altering self-help perspective adjustment that you are being. Um, that honestly you need. You need. Nobody wants to say it directly to you. Or people, you got some shit to work people out. People have been saying it directly to you. And you just put your wide eyes on and yeah. you just turn around. <laughs> and walk away. Mm-hmm. You walk lie away. down on the sidewalk. Or maybe like you're curious about it and you were like hey, this book is everywhere. I'm sorry, did you just quickly sing the real McCoy hit from the 1990s? Run away. I did. Run away. Run, run away, away as fast as you laugh. Um, so, uh, thank you for knowing run who sang away. that. So, in any case, that's what we'll do for you here. What that's what we, we'll do to you. We'll do to you. What we won't do is tell you to read a book that's trash. That's trash. Right. <laughs> this has started off off the rails and just continues. We, we say that as though any of our intros are wildly professional. I don't We're know always what you're like, talking we about. Don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, and you know who you should be talking to? My face. <laughs> Also, don't look at me. Don't look at me, but also have a dignity to touch in my face. <laughs> so that's Misty. I'm Lisa. Hi. We cuss. Um, and but only because it's part of our social fabric. And we fucking like it. Uh, I think that's it. Are we missing anything? That's it. You want us to get on with it. We all do. Oh, yeah. Listen, if you like the book, if you like what you're hearing, go buy the book because we yeah. can't cover everything. Yeah. And if you don't like, you're welcome. And also, if you do like our podcast... Please take the nine seconds it takes to leave a rating and review. It's the least you can do. I mean, like, I am your best friend, and I have, like, planned this whole night for you, and you, like, didn't even say thank you. Yeah. and (laughs) Like, I bought you four shots, and you didn't do that. (laughs) One of them was flaming, and it burned off my eyebrows. But it looks so questioning. I'm very curious. You're very curious. Uh, but it really does help people to find us in searches. It matters to iTunes. Like, who can know? Look. Missy, it matters out- to me. 
Uh, yeah, and also the algorithms are about to become sentient. It matters to me. Like, I don't. I am very sens- sensitive, like those algorithms. I feel like it. I feel that from you. Thank you. I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. I we should get some Burger King. Okay. I wonder if mm-hmm. if an algorithm ever becomes sentient, it'll know me so well. I wonder if I could date it. I have a short film that I want to produce. Let's talk off camera because I'll produce the shit out of that with you. Where's there a camera? <laughs> I'm caught. Anyway. I'm caught. Okay, anyway, I have a book. I'm Misty, what book are you bringing to us? Oh my God, I'm bringing you Buckle In. Okay. The number one New York Times bestseller, Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World by Admiral William H. McRaven. Oh my God, you love Here's a the man thing. in uniform. Here's the thing. I we have Daddy. We da- have hold on. Daddy, Daddy Michael Abershaw. You have Kat David Goggins. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have accidentally covered my last like out of the last five books I've covered, three of them have been military books. So It's Your Ship mm-hmm. by Captain D. Daddy Michael Abershoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Mm-hmm. And now Make Your Bed. I can't. Listen, I don't know how it happened. You want to make your bed so he can hurt you because that's your ship. You're <laughs> welcome. This has been Go Help Yourself. I can't help a <laughs> make life suck less. Okay. So the current prices of the book, the hardcover is $11.48. Great. The paperback, there's not a paperback it's option. It's not that kind of book. It's not that kind of book. Is it new? When was it released? Mm-hmm. When did they copyrighted it? Stand by. Mm-hmm. 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 I feel like it's not too old. Make your bed. Hold on. I'm going to the source of all things in life. Amazon.com. Amazon. <laughs> if they didn't, you know that. Amazon- April 4th, 2017. So there should be a paperback book. There's not a paid. I'm looking at the Amazon page right now. Kindle audiobook hardcover. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Um, but decided- it looks like you can get the hardcover used for about $5.60. Yeah. So yeah. that might be the way to go. And I'm betting it's on the Overdrive app for free. For sure. Uh, so the Kindle's $9.99 and the audiobook is $12.77 or one credit. And I say this every time I present. A fucking credit on Audible is $14.99. It's $15. So why do you then tease me with a price that is 30% lower on Amazon.com for the same fucking audiobook? I, Audible. I, Come on the podcast. Podcast. I don't know why your head is moving so fast. It's so it's mad. Like a, it's like a mad snake. Thank it's like you. on a strike. Did you all think you were listening to that on one and a half times speed? You weren't. No. That's, that's her normal speed. You know what's, I think because I listen to these books, so sometimes 1.5 speed, that regular speaking. So if I were to do this, William Harry McRaven is a retired United States Navy four-star admiral, right? That feels so slow. Here's how I actually speak. William Harry McRaven is a retired United States United States Navy four star admiral. Yeah, but maybe sugar star because okay. you kind of stumbled. Okay. I did. <laughs> Look also, in the mirror. If you need to speak slower, just have like three sips of wine, and a sip is like a glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's also my portion. Go, go for it. So this is from Wikipedia.com. Okay. About the author. Okay. You're gonna hear the first sentence for the third time. William Harry McRaven. <laughs> Is a retired United States Navy four-star admiral who last served as the ninth commander of the United States Special Operations Command. Yes, Daddy. From August 8th, 2011. <laughs> I do like a man in uniform. You do. To August 28th, 2014. Okay. 
From 2015 to 2018, he was the chancellor of the University of Texas system. Oh, chancellor. Chancellor. McRaven previously served uh, from June 13, 2008 to August 2011 as commander of Joint Special Operations Command and from June of 2006 to March 2008 as commander of Special Operations Command Europe. In addition to his duties there, he... Duties. I took a duty on the deck of the ship. He was designated as the first director of the NATO Special Operations Forces Coordination Center. Oh, wow. NATO. 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 (laughs) Where he was charged with enhancing the capabilities and interoperability of all NATO Special Operations Forces. Wow. McRaven retired from the U.S. Navy on August 28, 2014, after more than 37 years of service. Okay. So basically, when we, like, entered the war in Afghanistan in 2001, he was one of the main guys overseeing that. Oh, my God. Here's something else that is delightful. Okay. He's cute. And Sure. About uh, William Harry McRaven, Admiral. Mm-hmm. He's in an open feud with Trump, and he even published an open letter in the Washington Post and an op-ed in the New York Times criticizing the president, who, like, then revoked all of his security clearances. I rescind all of my smarmy talk, and I will refer to him as admiral. And he, like, his open letters are like, the behavior of the president is undermining our entire democracy and the world, and it's like— Thank you, admiral. I just, I... I sat up straight. It's funny because I didn't discover this I until after... Bed. I know, I know, I just made my bed and all of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so crazy that I read that at the end of the book because I, I was like, this book is very, like, straightforward and simple. And, and then, then I read that like, and I was like, I love this man. I love this I man. I fucking love this, this man. This man has a fire under his belly. <laughs> Not in his belly, under. Okay, so um, first impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cover, it's straightforward and unassuming. It's this, like, dark teal background with a cream border and uh, the title in large font that says... Make Ma- your bed! What's the subtitle? That sounded like a dying foghorn. Uh, it's uh, the subtitle. It, oh, nope. No, nope, I clicked out of it, you guys. Is little things that can change your life that's right. and maybe, and maybe the change world. the world. So that's a big promise. Um, it is only 144 pages. How long was this book to listen to? Less than two hours. You and I fucking loved this book for heaven. that reason. Because Can't Hurt Me was 14 plus hours <laughs> of toxic masculinity. The seven habits of highly effective people was like 1330. Question Does the Admiral use any kind of uh, toxic masculinity or derogatory uh, language towards female? He does not. Okay, I'm, I'm here for it. It's yes. Yes, which it's your ship did have. He was very inclusive of women, but remember when he was, like, reiterating a story mm-hmm. and It's Your Ship? He used a racial slur that mm-hmm. no one should ever use, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, including retelling a story. Mm-hmm. There's many other options <sighs> to explain what the word w- that was used. We get it. Yeah. Everybody gets it. <laughs> okay. So uh, so this book is based on his viral speech, which uh, there's a link to in show notes if yes. you want to watch it, that he gave at the University of Texas at Austin for the 2014 commencement address about the 10 life principles that helped him succeed in his career and overcome hardship when he was a special forces supervisor. Mm-hmm. And to me, it immediately felt like the publishing company worked really hard to expand his like twenty, 20 minute, minute speech viral into a speech book. into a full book. Sure. And the author reads it and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm <clears throat> anyway. So here are the ten but like can you imagine him like commanding you? Like he's like tucking me in and he's like in full morning, uniform and he's like that bed. He's like 
you're fucking doing a great job. Start your day with a task completed. End your day with a kiss on the mouth. So book summary. The Ten Principles. <laughs> so I am quite surprised sometimes at the things that come out of my mouth that I'm then willing to put on the air. I just love that I'm like, does it have any toxic masculinity? Does it matter? Like he's like <laughs> tucking you in. <laughs> What a bitch. I'm such a bitch. Fine. You're, we're just too, too hungry. Very smart. Wildly contradictory. Totally self-aware. Hypocritical bitches. So the 10 principles. Tell and me. Each chapter is a principle. Number one, start your day with the task completed. You bet. Number two, you can't go at it alone. No. Number three, only the size of your heart matters. Okay. I mean, number four, life's not fair. Drive on. Okay. Five, failure can make you stronger. Yes. Six, you must dare greatly. Okay. Seven, stand up to the bullies. Yeah. Eight, rise to the occasion. Okay. Nine, give people hope. Yep. Ten, never, ever quit. Mm, try, try again. Okay, you've read the book. This has been Go Help Yourself. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow, well. We always make that joke to end early, but like what would happen if one time we did? And there was like a seven minute episode. Well, we need to read a book that's only a table of contents. <laughs> that's the one we're going to write. Mm. <laughs> Each chapter is like, Never you're doing great, sweetie. Like you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> also, the self-help. You sat down to read this whole book. Congrats. Now you've got the afternoon free. Go take a bath. So, number one, start your day with a task completed. I'm going to guess it's make your bed. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. I was right. Wow. His rationale is that though, um, so he talks about this idea that spirituality and faith can endow individuals with resilience and peace. Mm -hmm. Simple actions also matter. So simple actions like making your bed form a kind of praxis that cumulatively contribute to human flourishing. Once you've done this one task right, it will motivate you to do another and then another. I'd like some human flourishing. I'll say. Sometimes the simple act of making your bed can give you the lift you need to start your day and provide you the satisfaction to end it right. Also, sometimes making your bed prevents you from getting back in it. Yeah. Sometimes I, when I'm lying there, imagine this. I sleep on the left-hand side mm-hmm. even though there's no one else in my bed. Same. Just like out of the habit of the last seven years. And Zoe sleeps on the right. Oh. But that bitch hogs Wait, the bed. Wait, where's Wrigley? Oh, he's just on the floor. He's too old to jump down now. Oh. Lisa's not talking about pets, everyone. She's talking about her neighbors. Yeah. So... I will try to make the bed while I'm in it because yeah. if I like, and like I starfish out, out I like starfish out and try and spread the corners, and then I like the time that we take <laughs> doing that is longer than it would take to just get out and straighten. Thank it. you. And sometimes I find a new comfy spot, and then I lay there for. A I while. 100% just flop the. Mm-hmm. blankets back yep. over and I'm like done done uh, so he says that making his bed was a reminder that at the end of the day he had done something well something to be proud of no matter how small the task I made my bed chapter two you can't go at it alone the small rubber boat in seal training dinghies yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not just the size of your heart that matters. Do you know what I'm saying? It's the dinghy. It's the size of the dinghy. It's the ding of the dinghy. The ding-a-ling. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to let that hang there. I'm No, let's sit in that moment. Mm-hmm. Sit in that dinghy. The small rubber boat mm-hmm. in uh, Navy SEAL training yes. made him and his squadron mm-hmm. team? You'd think I'd know now that I've read 400 military books, uh, most of which are Navy SEAL mm-hmm. uh, no, they're all Navy. Oh, we got to round this out. Where are my Army Rangers at? Well, David Goggins was also a Ranger. Oh, yeah. And he was the you need, you know, Air you Force need his, You need a Coast Guard book. 
I need a Coast Guard book. <laughs> Someone. Hey, anyone listening in the Coast Guard, send mm-hmm. me a bick. Write a book. Send it to me. Anyway, so there was just this small rubber dinghy that they had to carry around all the time and be in and boat in, which is a verb. Uh, but it made them realize that no man could make it through training alone because everybody had to carry this boat and everybody had to cross the finish line, et cetera, right? Um, so you, the, the point of this lesson is that you need people in life to help you through the difficult times. He realized that anything he achieved, he achieved in life was a result of others helping him along the way. Oh, wow. It takes a team. What a realization. That's what I'm saying. From somebody who was born out of a human being. (sighs) It takes a team of good people to get you to your destination in life. You cannot paddle the boat alone. Find someone to share your life with. He compares life to a body of water that we must traverse and tells his readers to find a partner to help paddle, be they romantic or not. Okay. I just have to say this sounds like I learned this lesson after trying to command a dinghy all on my own and realized (laughs) I couldn't. Make as many friends as possible. He says success is contingent on interlocking social networks. Okay. Never forget that your success depends on others. Okay. I know. It's really ground-breaking. Okay. Chapter three. Only the size of your heart matters. SEAL training was always about proving something, Mm -hmm. right? Proving that size didn't matter, that the color of your skin wasn't important, that money didn't make you better, that determination and grit were always more important than talent. So he he talks about how, like, you'd see these small, like, these small guys who were, like, 5'2 to 5'5, and then you'd see these big guys who were, like, 6'5 and look very strong, and it just, it didn't matter in SEAL training what race, what size. I think it does matter when they it carry does. the log above their head because it does. It does, but at the same time, it's like uh, you know, some of the stronger guys gave up more easily, That's and true. the smaller guys were more mentally tough. Or like, it just I'm with you. It's not about the size of the dinghy; it's about the motion of the ocean. Yeah, and the overall dingaling. If you want to change the world, mm-hmm. measure a person by the size of their heart. He suggests that the only productive way to evaluate someone is by their compassion. And cutting out their heart and opening it up and holding it in the palm of your hand. Yeah, you got to see the inside mm-hmm. to know what makes it tick. Mm-hmm. Life's not fair. Drive on. Is this it, another chapter? Yep. Okay. We're on four. Oh! If you want to change the world, get over being a sugar cookie and keep moving forward. I'm sorry. Not a snowflake. No, 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 no. So you might remember this concept if you listened, well, clearly Lisa did not, to Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. But a sugar cookie, a Navy SEAL training, is when uh, if a SEAL fails to follow any basic requirements, like if their bed is not made perfectly or like the metal on their buckle is not shined to, uh, you know, uh, the top of out? the Chrysler building. Thank you. My, my brain was like, I'm out of this sentence. <laughs> And I went to Miss Hannigan and Annie. Thank you. They will make you be a sugar cookie. So they'll make you get into the water and then roll around in the sand until you're covered head to toe. I had mostly blocked out. Can't hurt me. Yeah, as we all should. Mm -hmm. So, um, so this makes training miserable because you do this at the beginning of the day, and then you have to go through all that training. Chafing, sanding, crannies. No, the crannies are the worst. (laughs) Um, So McRaven made sure to be absolutely perfect. He never wanted to be a sugar cookie. The few times he had done it had been terrible, and he'd he'd really stepped up his game. And one day in training, he was just told to become a sugar cookie. And when the 
the supervisor said, do you know why you're a sugar cookie today? And he said, no, sir, I don't. He said, because life's not fair. And the sooner you learn that. This is like when your mom made you stay home from school that one day just because. Okay. Wildly different because my mom was like, I want to teach you that it's okay to take breaks. (laughs) And that you don't have but to be like, the CEO. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, God. So my mom once made me stay home from school. This because is on she another saw I was, beef. It's on another weekly beef. Uh, she she saw me be so stressed out. And so like I was always like, I've got to go to key club and volunteer club and theater practice. And I'm in my AP class. And there's a history test. None and one of day you she can just looked this. at me and she was like, you're staying home from school. You're staying home. You're watching TV. And you were like, you're I eating have a sandwiches. Quiz. And I was like, how? And listen, my life has never been the same. Okay, I've never caught up. I'm very upset. But it was it was torture. It was just anyway. So these are wildly different. My mom did a really Do you know why you're a sugar cookie thing. today? Why, mom? Because life's not fair. <laughs> and then she threw a bag of sand on me and peeled out of the Clean driveway. Right. <laughs> So they basically said life's not fair, and the sooner you accept that, the better off you'll be. Like, you can do everything right, and shitty things are going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, the common people and the great men and women are all defined by how they deal with life's unfairness. Yeah, it's not how you stumble, it's how you get back up. Right. Sometimes, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are, you still end up as a sugar cookie. Don't complain. Don't blame it on your misfortune. Stand tall, look to the future, and drive on. Failure can make you stronger. Oh, Lisa has a question. Lisa? This is a New York Times bestseller? It is a New York Times bestseller. And in the time we review this book, you could be halfway done listening to it. Also, you could listen to it on one and a half speed. Quick. Quick hour 15. Okay. A friend told me. (laughs) Failure can... Failure can make you stronger. Uh-huh. If you want to change the world, don't be afraid of the circus. So again, this is all military lessons learned that you apply to life, right? So a Navy also SEAL not just military, right? Like no, he's he's taking the lessons he learned in like SEAL training. I know, but what I'm saying is like everybody kind of learns these lessons. I didn't understand a word you said. That's right. No, that's right. Exactly. Everybody learns these lessons. Don't say such filthy things on it. Uh huh. Uh, Is this the episode where I was drunk at the top? Yep. Oh, Missy. (laughs) Like, I have not been in the military, but I imagine that even if I weren't in the military, I would, like, learn these lessons because it's, like, part of, like, growing and becoming, like, an adult human woman. And, like, Mm -hmm. I myself am not a grown adult human woman yet, but, like, I strive to be one day. And, like, I just feel like everybody learns this lesson. Well, the goal of his book was to take these lessons Mm -hmm. and apply them to adulthood. I love to apply for jobs. I did. If you want to change the world, don't be afraid of the circus. In Navy SEAL training, the circus is another two hours of additional calisthenics that they use to punish you, combined with nonstop harassment um, by the SEAL supervisors if you come in last that day. Sounds like Rush. Yeah. So it is meant to incite a vicious cycle of failure, right? To weed you out. Because they only want the strongest people to make it to the end Mm -hmm. of SEAL training. So, okay, you came in last. You've got to do two hours of calisthenics additional. So your muscles are way more fatigued. You don't have the rest time to recover. You go out the next day. You probably come in last again. You probably get assigned to the circus again. you have to push yourself the next day so you don't come in last so you can have that time. Yeah. Or like him, you and your team go through the circus like six, seven days in a row. But suddenly you start to get stronger and stronger because you're getting two hours additional training. Also, peanuts are full of protein at the circus. You get peanuts. That's it. 
and you ride elephants, and it's really fun. I and love the it. boost of um, joy yeah. makes you strong. And clowns are terrifying, so you run faster. That's right. So in SEAL training, him and his teammates' failure literally made them stronger via the circus. Mm-hmm. So he says that in life, you will face a lot of circuses. You will pay for your failures. But if you persevere, if you let those failures teach you and strengthen you, then you will be prepared to handle life's toughest moments. True leaders must learn from their failures, use the lessons to motivate themselves, and not be afraid to try again or make the next tough decision. What groundbreaking information. My God. I mean, my jaw's on the floor. Hold on. Let me pick it up. (laughs) There it goes. (laughs) For those of you who cannot see Misty, which is everyone listening to this right now, (laughs) she literally brought her fingers from her breasts up to her jaw, and it was amazing. And the most sarcastic It was perfect. Thank you. She clapped and it wasn't loud and she looked at her hands like they were foreign objects and they betrayed her. It was so funny. Okay. No, keep it in the podcast. I clapped out so I could cough for a second because I have this like residual cough. And then she like was like, what a my hands. Okay, okay. You must dare greatly. If you want to change the world, which is how we start each chapter. Slide down the obstacle head first. So I found this to be a dumb chapter where he says, life is a struggle and the potential for failure is ever present. But those who live in fear of failure or hardship or embarrassment will never achieve their potential. He talks about how... This is uh, Brene Brown chapter. Yeah. And uh, let's pause and all listen to Daring Greatly and come back or don't. <laughs> To this episode. Uh, he talks about how this one cadet, or maybe it was him, I can't really remember. Uh, his friend. Mm, was doing this obstacle course mm-hmm. and decided to do this crazy risky move and slide down this one part head first, which actually really could have injured this person. Um, but I think they were in danger of like being cut or something like that. Like they had to take a big risk to succeed. And it was dangerous and risky, but they ended up breaking the obstacle course record. I was ready because for you to they, say breaking their neck and dying. Yeah, and I and I wrote in my notes, woo-hoo. Um, <laughs> without pushing your limits, without occasionally sliding down the rope head first, without daring greatly, you will never know what is truly possible in your life. Yeah. My God. Stand up to the bullies. This is another chapter. It's a whole new chapter. Okay. You're loving it. I, I'm loving it. If you want to change the world, don't back down from the sharks. Fuck you, sharks. Yeah, I'm a jet. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Now, this is a true story. I sang that to Sarah the other day, but I didn't know the words because I've never seen West Side Story. Mm. And so I said to Sarah, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from the first of your breath to the seventh or something like that. I just kept <laughs> going out. Seven. And she was like, what are you singing? I've also never seen it. Oh, we should not watch it. Oh. Although Spielberg's remaking it. Spielberg? Spielberg. That's uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's robot. Yeah, his AI. Spielberg. Yeah. Why is that not a thing yet? Okay. Well, uh, So he talks about um, this time he had to be in the water and his his instructors, like this long mission in the water and his instructors were like, sharks may come up to you. You have to like fight them. You have to punch Great them in white the nose sharks. Or poke yeah. Them in the eye. So this is just if you want to change the world, don't back down from the sharks. Stand up to the bullies. In life, to achieve your goals, to complete that night swim, you will have to be men and women, and I'll amend or all genders uh-huh. of great courage. That courage is within all of us. Dig deep, and you will find it in abundance. Next chapter. Oh my God! Rise to punch the occasion. A shark. 
Huh? I'm going to call that chapter Punch a Shark. I'm going to call it Jump the Shark. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what it felt like they were doing when they stretched the speech into a book. You're right. You're not wrong. Rise to the occasion. If you want to change the world, be your very best in the darkest moments. So he tells this story. Okay. This is my jaw-dropping moment from his Okay, book. not about punching sharks. He had an insane parachuting accident. Oh, no. So he had completed so many jumps. And um, as... As commander of Naval Special Warfare Group 1, Captain McRaven was leading a 1,000-foot freefall exercise in the summer of 2001. Oh, God. When an accident occurred that could have easily cost him his life. So while he was freefalling, the man ahead of him deployed his parachute (gasps) too soon. And he bounced off the parachute. McRaven collided with the chute as it opened. Stunned, he opened his own chute as well, but the lines wrapped around his legs separately. And then... When his parachute actually deployed, it, I should give this a trigger warning. Obviously, this is violent. Did it yank his hips out of his sockets? In different directions, yes. It tore his pelvis. Um, Immediate surgery was able to repair his broken back and pelvis. He's lucky that his chute deployed. Like, uh, fully. Yeah, and the way he tells it is that, like, it didn't entire like, it didn't at first, and then I think it was, like, his reserve or something, but when it finally, so, like, yeah, that's the problem, right, is, like, the first one wrapped around his legs because he was, like, tumbling and, and oh, my God. Uh, immediate surgery was able to repair his broken back and pelvis. Oh, God. But McRaven faced many months of sedentary recuperation. Oh. And this is, like, a guy who was not only a Navy SEAL, but, like, a leader amongst Navy SEALs and super strong. Everybody hated that guy. <clears throat> he deployed too early. Right. He was lying in a hospital bed in his own home on September 11th, 2001, oh. when he saw the attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City. So with that and the attack on the Pentagon on the same day, McRaven was immediately aware that the United States was entering a new era of armed conflict and that special operations would be needed as never before. And he was not able to be a part of it. Well, it's about being your best in your darkest moments, right? So maybe he's no longer this guy who can do these physical activities. Mm-hmm. Um, but just he talks about how it was torture. It was torture for him to like yeah, lay there. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, yes. he wants to go and do and be with his yeah. people yeah. who are no doubt being deployed. Exactly. Um, uh, so this is where I was like, yeah, you have every right to tell me how to get through a dark moment that's if right. you have survived this. Um, he also received advice from one of his chief petty officers before this um, crazy, crazy diving mission. Uh, it's another story he's telling where it would be so dark their lights would not be effective mm-hmm. and they're under the water. So this officer said, tonight you will have to be your very best. You must rise above your fears, your doubts, and your fatigue. No matter how dark it gets, you must complete the mission. This is what separates you from everyone else. He says, at some point we will all confront a dark moment in life. If not the passing of a loved one, then something else that crushes your spirit and leaves you wondering about your future. In that dark moment, reach deep inside yourself and be your very best. Misty, I feel like you and I are great in times of crisis. Yes, like in I that am moment excellent when they're in like, "You have to be your best." Like this is a life or death yep. situation. Yep, we really show up in that moment. It's the strategy brain. Yeah, I, I think really, so. I really think it's that, and um, and when an it's ability for to compartmentalize. Too. Yes. Because when it's for ourselves, when we doubt our own future, our career, what's yes. happening, I, yeah. I am not able yep. to do that for myself. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting. It is. When my uncle um, had an aneurysm in May of 2017, and he survived, thank God. 
but we didn't know that. I got a call in the morning and it was, hey, Dave had an aneurysm. They flew him to the hospital. And I said, I'm looking at flights. And then we all were in Florida from all over the country later that night. We all landed within like half an hour from each other. And then it just went into three weeks of, <clears throat> excuse me, crisis mode. And yeah. it's it's just, yeah. Right? And I recognize that some people are not great in a crisis. And that's okay. It is it's okay. all about where where's your what's your trauma what's your emotional journey and what's your and, strength and that's the thing being the best version of yourself in your darkest moments is going to look different for everybody and so after my dad died my the best version of myself in that moment was like did i eat today yeah have i showered this week yeah great yeah that's the best version of myself so it's not about like bad things happen and let's ignore them and look polished and yeah, great no. like it's like in that moment how can you show up for yourself yeah. in a small way. So that that's how I'm choosing to interpret it. The book does not go deeper. Which is why I'm trying these, to in this moment, yeah. just to like give it a little bit of context. Just, exactly. I just think like when, when somebody hears, when different people hear, tonight you have to be at your best self. You have to rise above your fear and your fatigue. Otherwise, yeah. like you could die. I think some people think, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I think, I think, I, I know I could show up for myself. Yes. And I... I'm just curious, and there's no answer, and we don't have to talk about it now, but I'm just curious about, like, how that distinction – Yeah. How – you know what I mean? Like – I do, and I also I, – I don't like superlatives. I think they're dangerous because if I were to look back at my best day in my life so far where I was the kindest, most compassionate, most productive, most self-carry, you know, like, if I found the best version of myself I've been so far – and I tried to compare it to other versions. Like, that doesn't work for me. Like, mm -mm. if somebody says you've got to be your best version of yourself, I think it's really important to just think in this moment, mm -hmm. given how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. given the circumstances, what's the best I can do right now? Yeah. Right? Because, like, some days it's like, holy shit, I did a load of laundry. That That's is amazing. the best. Uh, for example, last night <clears throat> I went grocery shopping after a really long day at work. I stayed at work to do notes, these notes for the podcast, and then I ran to Trader Joe's before it closed, but I had to pick up a couple things they don't sell at Trader Joe's at Sprouts. Mm -hmm. So all I did was after a long day, I stopped at two grocery stores, but by the time I was done, like, lugging these things upstairs Exhausted. and decision fatigue, it was all I could do to go straight to bed and floss my teeth. Yeah. Like, Wow, the best you flossed? Yeah, girl. I didn't brush my teeth best. last night. It's fine. But again, like... That's that's a totally different best than when I've been on vacation for 10 days Agreed. and I'm not drinking caffeine. And, you know, like, so anyway. That's interesting, yeah. Interesting caveat. Um, give people hope, number nine. Oh, my God, number nine. <laughs> if you want to change the world, start singing when you're up to your neck in mud. I'm in mud. And I like it. It's weirdly comforting like the womb. He tells the story. I'm in a spa. <laughs> A weirdly comforting boom spa. Who's got cucumber for my eyes? <laughs> I can't see and I like it. I can't see and it's weird. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay, Come find on the us. podcast. <laughs> find us. <clears throat> he tells the story of another day in SEAL training where his whole training group had to be in this freezing cold mud for hours and hours, mm -hmm. like overnight, like eight to ten hours, something like that. And the trainers are standing on dry ground taunting them all. They're trying to convince them to quit. They're like, you've got a warm blankets. bed. Yeah. I will give you guys a 
full English breakfast. Yeah. If you come out, your wife's waiting for you. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, all you have to do is just get out of the mud, right? So they still had hours and hours to go before sunrise. It was like particularly wind chilly and shivering. I mean, the freezing conditions. And all of a sudden, just as some of the men were moving closer to shore to quit, one of the guys started singing. And the supervisors told them to stop, but soon everybody was singing. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Uh, and they all started singing and rebelling, and it gave them all hope, and no one quit. So um, they were literally up to their neck What were mad. they singing? I don't remember. Fuck the police. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> you need to calm down. You're being too loud. <clears throat> you got it. So he says, we will all find ourselves neck deep in mud someday. Sure. That is the time to sing loudly, to smile broadly, to lift up those around you and give them hope that tomorrow will be a better day. Okay. Number 10. Okay. Never, ever quit. Okay, Winston <clears throat> Churchill. Mm-hmm. If you want to change the world, don't ever, ever ring the bell. In SEAL training, if you want to quit and go home to a warm bed and a meal and not be in Hell Week anymore, all you have to do is ring this bell that's, like, in the middle of the training ground. You ring it twice, and you, like, set your helmet down. That's how I imagine it. (laughs) So he says – and so as you're going through Hell Week – and all SEAL training, you hear, you hear this bell all the time. People are quitting because they always start with, like, 200 people and then, like, eight make it to the finish or something crazy. Um, so it doesn't sound particularly profound, but life constantly puts you in situations where quitting seems so much easier than continuing on, where the odds are so stacked against you that giving up seems the rational thing to do, just like this podcast. Okay. The odds are stacked against us. It was nice knowing we you guys. We quit. This is our final podcast. Bye. Ding, ding. <laughs> Dingling. Let's set down our helmets. <laughs> Just so you guys know, we wear pith helmets in this whole thing. Every time. <laughs> I really want a, um, one of those kids' helmets that looks like a watermelon. I think they're so cute. I don't even have a reason for uh, if uh, I'm selling a um, uh, beach cruiser, a uh, comfort beach cruiser. Okay. A bike, if anyone wants it. Slide maybe, in my DMs. Maybe Craigslist might be better for It's that. fine. Uh, life is full of difficult times, but someone out there always has it worse than you do. If you fill your days I with- hate I hate that do, fucking advice. I do too. If you fill your days with pity, sorrowful for the way you have been treated, bemoaning your lot in life, blaming your circumstances on someone or something else, then life will be long and hard. Fuck off. I know. If, on the other hand, you refuse to give up on your dreams, stand tall and strong against the odds, then life will be what you make of it. It's just that easy. And you can make it great. Uh Uh-huh. Never, ever ring the bell. So after he walks us through each of these uh, ideas in detail... He repeats them again in far less detail in the back of the book. Like, they were it's like, almost like they were like, we need pages. a minimum of 10 more pages or it's considered a novella. And the, da, da, da. So it takes about three minutes for him to say all of these ideas again. And it feels like that's all the book needed to do. Or better yet, you could just watch his speech. So it felt like one long, stretched out five-minute conversation. And it felt really odd to me listening that we just finished the book and then he repeats everything. So that is Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life, and Maybe the World by Admiral William H. McRaven. Obviously, we can't cover every single thing in the book. I think you did. But mostly. Um, so uh, uh, if you want to read it for yourself, it's available on audible.com, amazon.com, and I could not find an author's website. Misty. Yo. I just have a few questions we can follow up. Just okay, a few questions. Okay, good to this book need to be written. No. Okay. It didn't. Watch the speech. I mean, the speech is vi- It has like millions and millions of views. And Watch yet the people speech. still bought the book. Number one New York Times bestseller. Fuck off. Um, two, who is this book like 
like I know like I'm perfect, but like who's perfect for? This is really good, I think, for like high school students who Mm. are about to embark on this next sort of, whether you're going to college or jumping right into the workforce or taking time off, it feels like a really general, simple, inspiring book as a way into some ideas. Like, I know that I'm like really bad, like I'm a bad person, but like, who is this book terrible for? Anybody who who is really craving a lot more specificity, because I do specificity, yeah, specificity. I love every time Nana sees uh, a police officer, she goes, "Ooh, the fuzz," or she'll go, "Office ossifer." <laughs> so yeah, because there's not a lot of. <clears throat> well, yeah, there's not. Here's the thing, right? Like. There is institutionalized racism and sexism, and it's not like, as we found with Unfuck Yourself, uh, the last book I covered, Once they all sound really good on the surface. And once you just start diving up. into, yeah, just don't give up. But it's like, oh, okay, if you're in a toxic job that's really crushing your soul and it's affecting all areas of your, your work life, mental health, yeah, like maybe quit. If you're in like an abusive relationship. Like leave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, by the way, I, I always do, as we all know, uh, I forgot to ask you this, I think the last book, but what I put into practice mm-hmm. as I started making my bed each morning just mm-hmm. to see how that felt. And of course, it feels good. It feels good to come in and be like, oh, I can immediately like relax on my bed or like, oh, my room looks a little bit more put together. So that's also your homework. Great. Just make your bed, see how that feels. Do you normally make your bed? It depends. Yeah. So just see if that feels any different or mm-hmm. if you're like compelled to do something else. But it was a little bit like, hmm, okay, made my bed. All right. I'm going to say just like that. Just, you know, her shoulders were swaying back and forth. Hmm, okay. I'm hmm, my bed. Okay, make my bed. Um, who, what did this author get right? Um, His experience. Experience about darkest moments. Yes. I really and and he is. He talks a lot about his failures and about how he was like basically fired from one one position he was in because he went against policy and he was transferred. And then at his new position, everybody like had heard he'd been fired, so nobody wanted to like listen to him or Ooh. treat him with respect. So like he's really open about that. And how, like, he had to work doubly hard to earn people's respect. Like, it does feel like okay. like the the experience is relevant to what he's saying. I love it. What yeah. did he get wrong? It's not – it's so surface level. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's nothing groundbreaking about this. There is nothing – It the whole thing feels shoehorned to me. Yeah. And it's not intersectional. Like, yeah. it's inclusive in the way that he says, like – men and women but he doesn't say all genders which Mm -hmm. bothers me but like it's inclusive and he's saying like people as a whole Mm -hmm. can learn from these lessons but like where where's a little bit more bite to it yeah right yeah yeah well you talked about what you already put into practice you've given me my homework yeah that's look we're done we covered it (laughs) go watch go watch the video we did it all i think this speech is fun i remember seeing it almost have it all a ship and a military to command. Tuck me in into my maid bed. Daddy like a Labrachoff and William H. McRaven. I One like for a man each of in us. Uniform, my Give me friend. a kiss on the mouth. 
And with that, life, life is, is abundant. abundant. <laughs> Man, I got a frog in my throat. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.